with the road to bad decision. Caught me cannibalistic like the instrumental bumping. Not my man on a mission for resentmental. Something in the den, the devil's running from nothing, bluffing, pulling punches. But the men are mental, summon mutton, puffing from a dungeon. It's an allegory, I'm provoking. Hello there, and welcome to Sweet Child of Time. Today we're doing Wheel of Time, episode four. It's the Dragon Reborn. This one was released on November 26th, 2021, just 14 months ago. So just just relax. It's it's not time for season two yet. Everybody just calm down. All right. And here's my co-host. We'll see how calm he is. It's the Marshland Monster. James, ahoy there. Chips, ahoy to you. And it is no longer James. It is the Dragon Reborn, formerly known <laughs> as James, who just realized, uh-oh, I have to find some reviews. Oh, that's okay. Uh, we... You can tell me your review and that you could squeeze that in there. You can just like say that's a positive review for the week and you could be golden there, buddy. Oh, no. You want to know what? What's up with you? What's up with the world of Wheel of Time? Any news on when season two's coming out? Uh, no, it's still the same old, same old. Um, we're getting a couple of new actors announced about every couple of weeks or so, but. I haven't been boring you with that because it's it's not a whole lot to talk about, and they don't even name mm-hmm. who these actors are playing, so it's all just a speculation game. So unless it's if it's someone who I enjoy, then I, mm. you say like, oh, it's another Ninja Steel alum. I'd be like, gimme, gimme, I need it. You know, speaking of which, I should probably do some deep dive on some of these uh, some of these actors because I have not because you know in the past it really hasn't been that exciting to keep announcing that there's two more characters that are mm-hmm. going to be portrayed that we don't know who they are. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. And it's, it's, it's bound to be some other people um, from the, you know, from the, from the kids, you know, from the kids world, I guess yeah. you consider power Rangers, the kids world, right? What am I trying to say? Yeah. I'd say children, Children's but you know, there are some of those legacy fans. Okay. Legacy fans. eh? I mean, like, I forget the correct term that Hasbro and other toy companies use for adult collectors. <laughs> oh, right. The golden, the golden guys. Yeah. I guess that's what they might call us, I suppose. But yeah, there's really nothing new on that front. 1899, nothing new on that front either. Uh, the creator oh. um, released a cryptic text about three hours ago. What were you going to say? I uh, guess who has seen a little bit of 1899. I'm guessing Nicole is watching it and you're watching it over her shoulder. I yeah, I, I watched a little bit of it. Well, uh she she was just hanging out uh watching it and what I'm seeing is yeah, I probably wouldn't enjoy this. But she seems to be really liking it. Oh, ask her to, uh, you know, watch my recap podcast because we really deep dive into it. That's myself and Nate. And we had we had a blast doing it. I love the show to death. I'll let you know, like Nicole doesn't Nicole doesn't listen to any of my shows that she's not on. So she's probably she keeps saying, oh, yeah, I got to really check out that formulaic and stuff like that. But she doesn't. I mean, this is right up her alley. I mean, it's this is exactly who my podcast is geared towards. People who are watching the shows that I'm recapping. So she's my direct audience right now. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to need to start uh, sending her some push notifications through like Facebook Messenger, maybe send her some spam mail. Maybe on uh, Facebook? (laughs) What's that? You're on Facebook? Uh, Barely. I'm on the Facebook groups, the Wheel of Time TV series and the 1899 and the dark groups. But I don't venture into the uh, the personal world of Facebook too much. Uh, yeah, because I was going to be like, why aren't you uh, in our Marshland Media Facebook Messenger group? I, I don't know. Send me an in- No, if it's a Messenger group, I don't want to be part of that because I hate Facebook Messenger. I just hate that, um, that okay. platform. So I don't know. That's why I'm not in there. All right. I will say, looking at these reviews, most of them, are, like so many nines and tens, and I think out like out of... Maybe a hundred reviews, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine are uh, below three stars. Dang. Okay. That's, I mean, that's kind of what I expected because, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the first one after the first batch went out. So this is people who are actually keeping up with the show. 
So, you know, these are legit reviews and maybe those three stars are people that are that tried to watch it and just didn't like it. So I don't know. What did they got to say, James? Oh, man, I want to read this because this is truly an unhinged individual. All for All the right. better. This is from – I don't even know where their name is, how I pulled this open. Oh, OK. It's Tom Damon 007 for the review of The Dragon Reborn. Three out of ten stars. Crazy how it's three out of ten for what they're about to say. <laughs> it's difficult to respect a show that doesn't respect the source material. <laughs> oh, sorry. If you on. don't know anything about Wheel of Time, I can imagine this is an entertaining show and episode. You can remove each part and then still enjoy it, you chud. <laughs> but I find watching this gut-wrenching, wow, man, you live a very very fortunate life it is ridiculously different it's fine if it is i am not talking about specific lines or scenes i not capitalized am talking about personality the story and robert jordan's conception of how the wheel of time universe works this is the unhinged part i feel not good saying any of this because it's like this is so outlandish but it is something sorry sir or madam i would 100 percent watch this they this is the scene they're setting okay imagine lord of the rings i'm guessing the movies starts with a 60 year old black sam killing his pregnant wife female aragorn carrying the ring to mount doom and gandalf and galadriel having sex in rivendale yes it may be good to watch if you don't know the original story if you do that would be upsetting no sir no if the tolkien estate signed off on that i'd say wow we're, we must be living in the matrix, and I, this is my reality that I created myself because that is perfect for me. <laughs> well, I guess we could thank this guy for giving us a minute of content, but that, again, I can't... <laughs> I can't fathom these reviews where all they're saying is that's not the same as the book because uh -huh. that's not a review of the show. I'd like to see like, <laughs> you know, that that is not a review of the show. That's just saying how mm -hmm. it deviates, which he's right. You can angle that any way you'd like. Uh, so I'm not a fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah uh, is there a one, negative one where they're not um, comparing the book to the show? Like, where they're giving me, us, like, actual, you know, things to dissect from, you know, plot and et cetera. I want to know what this – I don't – all of them – no, I'll just answer this right now. No. All of them are like, <laughs> it's a derivation – you know that word I'm trying to say – to the story. It's all that. Okay. Uh, this one I want to read because of – it's from – oh, fuck me. They're back. <laughs> Go back. They got me with the title. It's Wheel of Time Purist. <laughs> it's the same person. <laughs> that's that same person you read a review last time, right? Yeah, from like two episodes ago. Okay. Yeah. One out of ten stars for The Dragon Reborn. <laughs> this was the title that was like, oh, what? they're commenting on all the ten star reviews, obviously. This is the title of their review. Mind blown exclamation point. Seriously impressive exclamation point. Epic excla. Wow excla. Watch this exclamation point. This is their review. It's bad. I'm starting to have theories on where the money went. $10 million made some amazing Game of Thrones episodes. Is that $10 million per episode or just for an entire season? It's got to be for the whole season. Ten million per episode? I, I yeah, that would be insane. That would be insane. Well, I mean, yeah, because Stranger Things is like five million per episode the last season. <laughs> there would not double Stranger Things. Things as budget. Yeah, it's got to be uh, for the this, season. This person doesn't know production. I think that's just wrong because ten million for the season seems kind of low for the entire season uh -huh. as well. So I think they're just wrong about the numbers. Well. We'll figure it out. They're also wrong about just everything. Um, <laughs> here we get scenes throughout that they pretend are epic, but we see one to five people running around where hundreds would have been in the books. Yeah, dude, like... <laughs> you, 
I mean, he's right, but at the same time, what does he expect? So, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That would be like uh, World War Z. They didn't get real zombies to crawl up that big old thing. Yeah, they had to use CGI shit. Come on. More social messages. More strange things with the magic. Meringue replaces a shield because why? No reason. We just wanted to do it. Very little nuance and personality like the original stories. Yeah, this, this person's just stupid. All the other stuff is just them going on about low gain would have been through three books, had more time. Shut up, dude. Well, like I said, we got to thank them for giving us something to uh, <laughs> to read uh-huh, here uh-huh. because we have to read these negative reviews. But I really wish I honestly wish the reviews were like, you know, the acting was bad. The, uh, you know, yeah. the screenwriting was bad or something about what they actually saw. That's what I'm dying to hear some criticism of. Wait, what? Hold on. I want to just read this to understand. This is from Frederick Mellon saying, nope, 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 not Eve. And then it says, okay. I don't even. Okay. This isn't even based on the Wheel of Time. It borrows its name, character names, and lore names, and nothing of its essence. If Nanive is what the show implies, then why? Just maybe that she's possibly the dragon? That's the end of the the review. Right. So the person probably thinks that, you know, that's where they're leading the show towards. And it was just a fake reveal. So it was just a fake out. Oh no! I think she is. I. It's insane why she wouldn't be. Oh, well, I hear you, but the, but the person's right. Like this, this didn't happen in the books this way, and I don't know. Uh, it's only the fourth fourth episode of for the first season, so he can't make any uh, assertions at this point. Like any final, you know what I'm saying? He can't be upset that Nynaeve is the dragon. Mm-hmm. Because it's just episode four. They're, they're leaning us towards thinking Matt's the dragon. They're leaning us towards thinking um, Egwene, like by using like all these cutaways and, you know, her working with Moraine. They're kind of leading you towards that a lot, I think, too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But yeah, I think. Uh, but, it, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the, the, I like this. It's a 10 out of 10. I'm just going to read the title. In quotes, Jeff Bezos is paying for reviews. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. No, this show is just good. Oh, I thought I thought this person is accusing Jeff Bezos of paying for no. reviews when they themselves are giving it a good review. <laughs> no, they're, say, they're saying everyone else giving one-star reviews say, is... They will say, oh, Jeff Bezos is clearly paying for the good reviews. Yeah, gotcha. Yep, yep. No, it's just a good show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people like it and people want to give it 10 stars mm-hmm. and support it. I mean, that's the best way you can support something is to give it the highest ranking possible. So that's what the fans are doing. I like this person. They gave a 10 out of 10 and this will be the last one. And they say the title is actually an eight or a nine. And this is their review. Have to rate it a 10 to counterpart the one star dingleberries that are probably still crying about Tom Bombadil. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) The one felt the this one felt the most like the books without having much at all from the books. Oddly enough. Yeah, that's right. A lot of world building, a lot of stuff they had to explain. And I like the fact that they gave it a 10-star review, but then wrote in the review, this is actually more like eight or nine. I love Mm -hmm. that. I'm going to start doing that, too. That's a great thing to do. Yeah. Especially something that's like a property that's like well-hated, such as this. Yeah, that's what – even though – I would say I would do that for Ninja Steel, but I do honestly believe that's a 10 out of 10 every episode. (laughs) Well, I think these like these three stars and these one star people are wrong. I want to say mm-hmm. that when it comes to the Wheel of Time world, I reserve the right to be wrong sometimes as well. Sometimes you might ask me questions and I'll give the wrong answer. Or sometimes I'll say something wrong about the books or the show. I welcome people to give me feedback and let me know when that happens. Sweetchildoftimepod at gmail.com or you can contact one of us directly on Instagram. James is Marshland Monster pretty much everywhere. I'm Intro Void pretty much everywhere too. 
So, uh, yeah, let's get on with our rewatch, James. What do you think about that? I will say if you contact me through a DM, I will respond with, hey, I'm screenshotting this, going to send it off to Steve, and then give you a link to my Patreon. Heck yeah. You know, I have a link to your Patreon on the show notes every week, and then like the intro to the show, I think, actually shots out MLMPod.com. So I'm I'm doing my job, boss. I want to let you know I'm I'm doing my part. I'm I'm just saying, if someone feels the need to come at me with oh. um actualies, I don't know. That's the thing. But if you want me to respond with like, hey, let's have a dialogue, we can do that in a Patreon direct message. <laughs> right on. That hasn't happened yet where somebody got in touch with me to say something about you. That did happen with Nate. I think maybe um because the 1899 crowd and Nate's crowd kind of intersected. So I did get messages. I got two messages saying that Nate was hot and they liked Hell it. Yeah. This is a largely female audience. And I uh, got people that were fans of Nate that would write in and, you know, say how great Nate was, but never say anything about me. So <laughs> that's how that went down. That's usually how it goes for all my shows. It's like, Nicole is so good. Oh, man, that's Sean. He's hilarious. Oh, actually, Corwin, 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 Corwin. Praises for Corwin, which is founded for Corwin and for Nicole. Sean, to a lesser extent, saw him do improv live for the first time. It was very good. Yeah, I heard. I'm a little jealous. I guess it's none of that is on YouTube or nothing like that, huh? I guess, no, nobody no. wants to film during an improv set. It's not the right thing to do. Oh, I would totally be down. I think him and his troop should be doing a podcast. Yeah, I'm surprised they're not. Like any improv group should be doing an improv podcast just to Mm -hmm. keep on the, you know, keep their toes up, you know? I am going to pitch him to be like, hey, if you're trying to do this brunch prov as a way to promote it, have people that it's an open mic, but for stand up or not for stand up for improv. He wants to branch out to other things. But, hey, kind of comedy, bang, bang style, comedy, death ray style, have the people who are going to be on that week have a podcast where they do their improv and then, oh, I really want to check them out. I don't know why UCB or IO, places like that, never did that. To be like, hey, this is our show. We'll get our mainstays to do episodes. But, hey, there's some up-and-comers. Let's get them on to showcase so their rooms start to fill out as well. Yeah. Right. Why doesn't anyone want to hire me? <laughs> For for what in particular? What what are we? What are you in the market for? Podcast producer. Oh, right on. I I produce this podcast, and I I think I need to keep it that way. But I, I put the word out there on Reddit. I know you know I'm part of these podcasting boards, podcast guest mm-hmm. exchange, podcasting, which is another good one. I've given you shout outs before. I don't know if anybody's uh, contacted you through me or not, but. No. Yeah, you do music too. Uh, you've done some of my music. This is not a commercial for you, James. Save it till the end. We got to get to yeah. our Wheel of Time, episode four, okay? I have very small notes for it. Yeah, same here. Um, I'm just dividing this up into three different p- portions, and the first portion is going to be the Perrin and Egwene portion. Let me do my little summary here. Uh, Perrin and Egwene travel and interact with the Tuathan. The Tuathan share their philosophy of the way of the leaf. They talk about the song. We learn about their nonviolent ways and how they deal with adversity, which is to run or endure, to never fight. And that more or less wraps up what we learn about Perrin and Egwene in this episode. They're doing a lot of Tuathan mm-hmm. time, uh, which is great. I, I do like this a lot. Um, it's just not much for us to really recount here that we haven't already recounted before. Yeah, I didn't see anything new to pick out and be like, oh, yeah, they're planting seeds for this thing that happens in episode seven. Yeah, the two things that I wanted to discuss, I guess, was first off, Perrin, Um, the way they're portraying him on the show right now, it seems like he's the least likely to be the dragon. Um, Because like I said, they're really hyping up Egwene, Nynaeve at the end of this episode, of course, you know, Rand being the lead guy, Um, Matt to a lesser degree. But Perrin, you know, seems he's more wolf-like than dragon-like. Yeah. And he's probably a pretty hard character to read, like, if you're show only, because in the books, you're in Perrin's head a lot. 
and he doesn't talk a lot, but he does think a lot. So you get to know his character in the book. And I think in the show, you're, you're nowhere, you don't know him as well as like the book readers do at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of unfortunate that he doesn't, he, he smiles like one time in this episode. That's all I saw him smile was once watching a Gwen dance. And mm-hmm. there's not much to him in this episode to talk about, really. Yeah, well, if we were uh, so far into the books, we'd be in book four already. <laughs> we'd know so much about him. <laughs> well, yeah, even book one goes gets a nah. They get into Rand's head a lot more in book one, but I don't know. Perrin gets a lot of head time, and oh man, being in Rand's mind is like being in the Joker's mind. Oh, I tell you, I think that'd be more like Matt would be more Joker and more chaotic. I think. I don't know. Rand wants to be more, uh, more middle of the road. I think more mid. Rand is mid. No, no, no. Matt's more Harley Quinn's mind. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to go into Matt and Rand next, since we uh, yeah. didn't do much with Perrin and Egwene. Let me read my little summary for them, and let's see if that gets any fireworks going. My Matt and Rand summary and Tom goes like this. They come upon a small farm and family. Uh, Rand talks the family into trusting them. Rand and Matt shovel the stables while Tom entertains the family, singing for their supper. Matt is getting sicker and much worse. Later that night, a fade murders the farm family. Tom battles the fade in order for Rand and Matt to escape. And I got an explosive thought. Yes. Let's hear it. Could could the Gleeman actually be a dark friend? Sure. Anybody could be a dark friend at this point. He seems like the least likely to be a dark friend, but absolutely he could be. Why not? Why do you think that? Okay. I, I'm just opening up all possibilities. Sure. What is the best way to break someone if you need them alive, you need them to be vulnerable. Hey, we think Matt might be the dragon. Let's say that. The, at least that's what the Dark One is thinking. Okay. Let's go and make him think he murdered an entire family and a child. Like that reminds him of his sisters. The best way to break him is have that thought in his mind. He does not know if it was him or the fade. There's always that possibility lingering in the back of his mind. But we need his friends to think that he didn't. So they're not going to immediately kill him. They're not going to turn him over to the Aes Sedai. They want him safe. So let's stage it that... Uh, like the fade clearly killed them. So, but Matt doesn't know that, but we need it to be like the fade is coming after him. Hey, Gleeman steps in, even though they're on the same team, the fade and the Gleeman, right. they battle out. Oh, leave, leave. Right. But now Matt is going to be spiraling out of control, just like the dark one wants him to. I could see that making sense too, because something, something I wrote in my notes was that this fade that showed up, uh, was di- is different from the fades that we've seen in the other episodes because they all came with these big teams of Trollocs. And mm-hmm. uh, they weren't after killing Matt and Rand and that whole crew. They just wanted to capture them and just pretty much kill anybody in their way. But the key thing is they came with a whole bunch of Trollocs. Yeah. And this guy did not come with a whole bunch of Trollocs. He came by himself. So that makes a lot of sense that Dude, if in, se- mm-hmm. if in season three we find this out, what will you do, Steve? Will you be like, wow, I, I think James actually might read these books. Yeah, I would think you were cheating. Absolutely. <laughs> that I think he- James might. Is James a writer's assistant? <laughs> is that what? Is that what he's doing? Well, you're you're like uh, fishing Nicole for information, probably, because she's, you know, comic book stores and like fantasy novels go hand in hand. So I'm sure some of her customers are like hip to the wheel of time world and can probably clue her into some facts. Man, uh, that would make sense, too, because Tom was there in that same inn with Dana, who we know (laughs) now that she was a dark friend. Yeah. They, they could have been working together this whole time, and she seemed to have like a kinship with Tom of some sort. And they, and they even imply like, oh, he could have been a dark friend by killing her just to like get us on 
his side and like draw us away to do it like it it makes sense because now it, that seems like oh well obviously that's what that's what he's doing but then setting him up as a hero we as an audience just take that at face value he's the hero matt's good everything's all well but no it's not he is a dark friend yeah this is a real fun twist and it makes all my notes look a lot different like one of my notes was that matt trusts tom and he sticks up for tom to come mm-hmm. along with them because Rand is not so sure about him and Matt sticks up for him. Matt, who is dagger Matt at this point. So that also kind of, uh, you know, puts some tape on your theory too. Uh, he does talk to Rand about his nephew, Owen. We can't forget that, that he has that in his past. Yeah. He hates, um, I Sedai that, that, um, stilled Owen. Uh, huh. And I know the uh, the white cloaks hate Aes Sedai, but that's just because they're they're short sighted. But the dark friend hates Aes Sedai because they're their actual like enemies when it comes to you know their philosophy. Yeah, I do like how one thing the Aes Sedai. So in the Meringue story, and in this, the Gleeman says. Nothing more dangerous. There is nothing more dangerous than a man who knows the past. Right. And I wrote another note before that ever came up, which is the Red Aes Sedai, what's Leandra. Mm-hmm. She is going saying, oh, the blues think they're so good, but all they are is spies. And like, what's the big deal about that? But I wrote down information is the most valuable thing to a kingdom or to anyone. It lets you know what is going on and how you should prepare for what's going on. And then him saying that later on was a nice, you know, uh, tying the two stories in what we're being taught or what we should be taking away together. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. And you're familiar with D and D. So you know that people have D and D attributes such as like luck and charm. And, you know, of course there's strength and endurance and things like that. But um, a couple of attributes are like luck and charm. And those are a couple of things that Taviran have a lot of like whatever the highest level they can have. That's what they have. So that's kind of Rand's trick into like getting people to go along with him and to, I don't know, he can kind of talk anybody into anything because he has that charm and he has plus 22 or whatever the highest can be. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other note I think I had was that you said last week that uh, you saw yourself, you could be a gleeman if you were in the Wheel of Time world traveling about entertaining folks and we see tom here doesn't want to do any hard labor is that the kind of gleeman you would be too would you uh be like no i can't i can't help you guys you know bust any tables at this restaurant or i can't do any work because i i'm the entertainment i gotta stay fresh baby it depends on if a server is asking me and I clearly see they're swamped and I'm not doing anything, I will absolutely help. Or, A, we're doing this show like at uh, The Shithole was a showcase every single Sunday. They would do it in an attic or whatever space they could find. Yeah. And you go there, you set up chairs. It, even if I'm performing, I'll get there early. I would set up chairs a couple times. Okay. I'd be like, yeah, guys, okay. your bathroom needs to be cleaned. I'm going to come. <laughs> they also like lived by Skatopia law, which was like, hey, you come here, you do the work if you want to enjoy this space, like give back and help build it. So I would go, I would mop, I would clean and then uh, have fun. I'm proud of you. So you wouldn't be like a Tom prima donna. That's another another dark friend, Mark against Tom here is that he doesn't want to help. He wants to be lazy and not do any real work here. He just wants to play music for the kids. I will say if someone's like, Hey, can you help me before the show? do this thing that requires me to talk to them, I'd be like, I I don't think I can because uh, 
the four hours before a show, I have my set just on loop, yep. trying, hoping <laughs> that I will only fuck up four times, even though I've been rehearsing this for two months, opposed to getting a line just and being like, I, I don't know this verse. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm with you. I would do the same thing when we would have shows. I would be like playing the songs all day long and it wouldn't be a good idea. It would pr probably be better to not rehearse until, you know, like an hour beforehand, maybe. Uh, but I would just do it way too much and be way too stressed about it. So I'm with you. I have nightmares where... <laughs> I, it's like, hey, you're performing the show. And I'm like, I don't know this set at all. Yes. Uh, some good folks on set, I would say, is this child actor who played opposite Matt and gave him the bread. I, I really like like the background actors that they're getting, the side actors, for example, Aram and Dana and Isla. There's some really good side actors that just play on one episode. And she's another one, too. It's really hard to get a good child actor like this. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I just wanted to commend her for doing a good job because you don't see that a lot. Like just the My, way she emoted. There's a lot more child actors that are great these days. And I think it's probably just either the director or just someone on set like uh, now we have like i probably like 15 years ago an intimacy director never a thing so maybe yep. there are yep. people who are like i know how to direct children very well so if you have a child you need acting well i can speak a language <laughs> that a child will understand instead of talking to a child like they're an adult yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that it also probably makes sense that they're they be in the film industry and in the television industry when they want to make a good show, they want every actor to shine. They don't want mm -hmm. a bunch of wooden people in the background or like, you know, five main cast characters and then a bunch of people in the background not saying anything. They want to make sure every actor is, is like I would say somebody like Allison Jones, isn't that her name that would cast that cast a lot of stuff back in the 2000s, did a lot of stuff with Judd Apatow. And any show that I saw that Allison Jones was casting on, you knew that like any bit player that would come in would like be somebody great. And it wouldn't just mm -hmm. be just some random person. And I think this show is doing that too. They're, they're doing a good job with their second, third and fourth string characters. Um, the Brigitte doll. I just got to bring that up. That's going to be some foreshadowing down the road. Um, I like that they brought her up and, you know, personified her this early in the, in the story. Uh, like I said, she's like a hero in this world. Um, like a, there's also another hero called Jane Farstrider and everybody talks about these people the way we talk about star Wars or whatever, <laughs> or Johnny Appleseed or Johnny Appleseed or any of our heroes. What else do I have here? Um, oh yeah. We see Rand busting down the door this time. This is our first like real physical, uh, ran thing that we see is him busting the door down. He loves busting doors down. <laughs> so I was thinking about this when they were, t when Loghain later on, when Loghain and Nynaeve are talking, excuse me, when Loghain and Moraine are talking and they're talking about how strong he is in comparison to like Nynaeve, how strong we see she is at the beginning of this, like the, like the, the dragon has even more power than that. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a lot of power to be had, and we're only seeing a small part of that. And right now, Nynaeve is the, is the most powerful that we have seen. Um, busting this door down is nowhere near <laughs> what Nynaeve just did. But um, I think rest assured that Rand is capable of more. Um, and... I don't know. That's all I got with those boys until we get on to Nynaeve. Uh, did you have anything before we go to break, James? Nope, that's it. Break time. Okay, see you in a minute. Completely abandoned my 
like, I mean, I, like, I would let one Michaels own me. And we are back, there. and we are listening to Marshland Monster and MC Deep. That's over analytic, and that is from James's. It's actually is it out now? Is it February tenth yet? It's not quite February tenth. James, you you just uh, released an album, February tenth, correct? Yes. Wait. So is this being released before February tenth or yes. after? All right. Yes, February tenth. <laughs> a horror crunk entertainment remix album everywhere where music is found. Right on. And James, I hate to tell you this, buddy, but it's quiz time. You didn't know I was giving you a quiz today, did you? Did you study? I I always anticipate a quiz because that's what the public education system tells us to. That's right. There's always a quiz every Wednesday and there's a test every other Thursday. And then Monday's always a freebie. So first off, James, this will be an easy one. Uh, What color Aes Sedai is known as the Battle Aja? I believe green. Green, correct. That's a ding for you. All right. Which Aes Sedai are known as the Spy Network? Blue. That's blue. Do you remember the Aes Sedai color of the healers by any chance? Yellow. That's yellow. And, okay, we're going to pause the quiz just for a second because we're going to talk about the yellow Aes Sedai. Because we know that they're the healers, but we see a lot of green and red and blue Aes Sedai healing people as well. That's because when you learn stuff in the tower, everybody like learns their basic first aid. They mm-hmm. basically they learn their basic healing, but it's like the yellows that become the doctors and they can do stuff with the brain. They can, you know, do a lot of specialty stuff. So those are the yellows. Okay, moving on. What Aes Sedai are known as the mean, mean meanies and we all hate them? The Amarillo Seed? No, the Red. <laughs> That's me, the Red. Um, the Reds are the ones who are hunting, and they are uh, hunting the uh, the men who can channel, that is. I should complete that sentence instead of just leaving it, leaving it hanging there. I was noticing— no, they're, they're hunting deer and such. They're—you know, okay, so we saw a lot of warders hanging out with some other Aes Sedai, but there were a lot of other people in that camp. And mm-hmm. I don't think we ever talked about that. They have just have cooks and hunters and, you know, woodcutters and seamstresses and everybody hanging out with them. Aes Sedai are real hoity-toity. So they're going to want to look nice all the time. They're going to want to have everything proper. So they have a pretty big, what do you call it, a retinue that hangs out with them all the time. Never heard that word. <laughs> a pretty big uh, tribe. I don't know. They just have a lot of people hanging out with them. They call them camp followers, I guess. Uh, when you're at war, but in this situation, they just have a lot of people working for them. Do you mean Jeremy Retini? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and the red Aja, the red Aes Sedai, remind me a lot of the White Cloaks. I don't know if we mm-hmm. talked about that before, or if you made that connection, but it seemed like they're they kind of go hand in hand. If if the White Cloaks didn't hate Aes Sedai so much, they would probably get along pretty well with these Reds. Yeah. Now, if you start quizzing me on all the other colors, I do not remember. I think some are librarians. Yeah, I'll just tell you so you'll be prepared when we meet some down the road. We haven't met any other colors at this point. But the uh, the white Aes Sedai are the philosophers. They're all into, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, the brown are the librarians. That's, okay, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's where you're going to find Lindsay Dunn and myself. We'll be brown Aes Sedais probably. And then diplomats who go out and talk to kings and queens and stuff. They're the greys. All right. So those are our seven Aes Sedai. Um, Yeah, I wanted to mention that Leandrin did invite Nynaeve over. She offered an extension to her. And I think that if Lan hadn't interrupted her talking to Nynaeve, they would have talked a lot longer. Probably. Like when Lan came up and interrupted them and she bailed, Nynaeve immediately like kind of in, insulted her behind her back, but I have a feeling they would have she would have talked to her as long as she hung out. Maybe even would have gone for dinner. No, I think she was starting to call her on her own bullshit. Uh, that's how I was feeling of like, oh, this person is just trying to play me, 
and try to get me yeah. to like I don't like any of these p- individuals. <laughs> so I am going to use this red Sedai for information about meringue because right. this person took me and my friends from my home. I need more information about her. But once she starts saying, "Oh, they're uh, up their own asses," huh? Yeah, so are you, ma'am. So I'm gonna peace out and you know get me some dick. <laughs> No, she ain't doing that. The red, that's the last thing from their mind. The reds hate dudes. Like, Oh, no, no. I'm saying Nanive is like, hey, I'm going to oh, peace yeah. out. Like, I'm oh, getting as yeah. much information about <laughs> Leanne or Meringue from you, but I'm calling you on your own bullshit, Red Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. Me, Nanive, I'm going to peace out and get me some dick. She tried, man. If, if that Dragon Reborn army hadn't come over the hill at that exact moment, they would have they would have kissed or hugged or something at that point. Mm-hmm. They being naive and land, they were like moving towards it. It was it was obvious, and they were disrupted by this battle. They would have been they would have gone played a sensual round of hide and go track. <laughs> They're all man. Yeah, she mentioned that she tracked and all all the warders got like a big boner all of a sudden. Like she can track. Wow, that's like the number one <laughs> attractive I, I quality of a woman. I don't think it's they were attracted to her. It's the fact that like, oh, we can raz land now because uh, <laughs> gotcha. someone tracked him. We can't do that. Yep, that's right. Yep. Uh, she reveals how she did that in the book. She was kind of coy here. And I don't think she ever comes around and tells land about that in this show, at least not in this season. Maybe in- she says. Hmm? You, you are leaving piss everywhere. <laughs> That's right. Little droplets all over the trees. Um, another what if. Like, what if Loghain had not been stilled at the very end of this episode? Like, because, like, what happened was Nynaeve healed everybody. Everybody was in complete shock, including Loghain, who was all like, whoa, wow, she's mm-hmm. powerful. And then, like, Leandrin just was an opportunist and took that moment to still him. But like, what if she hadn't? It seems like, I don't know, what, can you fathom that possibility? Like if he hadn't been stilled at the end of this episode? Oh, I thought this was the only choice in this matter. Like he should have been stilled. Well, they should have um, captured him again. They should have taken him to the armorland seat. Like even- no, because mm-hmm. they saw that. The, so in the beginning of this storyline, they say, oh, it ta- it's taking two of us mm-hmm. to, to keep him shielded. Right. Wow, that's crazy. But we then find out that he's just been biding his time. He could have broken out of the shield at any moment. So, yes, we need to prevent him from doing this again. And we don't know that if we bring him hmm. to the city, that even if he kills one more person – that we cannot heal later on, that that is on them, that they allowed this man to infiltrate and kill someone, even if it's a normal, just non-Aes person. That's how I'm looking at it. Like, yes, this is something she wanted to do, but now she has to do it. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if she had to do it. I I, I see your logic. You're explaining it a lot better than she did. (laughs) But... They have Nynaeve now, who's obviously stronger than he is. So she could probably shield him. Well, no, I take that back. Because as we find out later on, like, she she can't just go around and uh, channel at will. She has to have something really crazy happen. Yeah, and, this is this is classic X-Men. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, and I should explain that. When a mutant... In early teenage, late teenage years, all of a sudden explodes and, you know, wipes out an entire city block. People are like, holy shit, they're the strongest mutant we've ever seen. Oh, but they are just uncontrollable. They don't know how to replicate that, Mm -hmm. which is bad on all circumstances of how do we harness this for good? Oh, we, we don't know how they can't. And how do we prevent this for good? Right. So, yeah, the the White Tower is the equivalency of of Xavier's Academy for, what Mm -hmm. is it, extraordinary students or what have you. Um, I was kind of seeing this as like an opposite of a work from home situation. Like when people work from home, they can 
you know, kind of work at their own pace, more apt to take breaks, maybe more apt to break the rules. But Uh when you work at the White Tower and you go out into the world, that's when you're kind of like in the work from home environment where you can kind of break the rules and stop off at different places and hook up with different people. Like, I think that, I think, yeah, that's probably where I should have gone with the quiz, James. We've explained all the different Ajas of the Aes Sedai. So let's say little James show is showing some uh, some channeling ability and, and you're and you're a female in this scenario and we take you to the White Tower and you learn to start channeling. Which Aes Sedai this is Aja? My dream. Yeah, which but- Aes Sedai Aja do you think you might uh, lean towards? And by this being my dream, I do mean just being a woman. <laughs> yes, uh, you have uh, it all, man. <laughs> I are I think blue. Okay, um, and why do you choose blue? Well, same as like if you're gleaming, you're going around, you're gathering information, you're making bonds, connecting with people. I think that's the same as that. Or yellow as a healer. I would never be a, I I could bullshit as a white absolutely <laughs> and stumble in. Have you watched? Uh, I always I. Kunk on yes. Earth, it, Heck yeah. Yes. Oh my, it's so good. It but is. when she's talking to that philosopher and her dumb shit, like <laughs> yes. ends up somehow sparking, like, oh my god, this is actually like a very. Like, oh, you're actually correct about that. <laughs> like this is, but I think that's what philosophy is. You can bullshit philosophy because all it is is like thinking wider than the scope of what normal thought every day is so like I, yeah i could bullshit as a white i would never want to be a red would never want to be a green no uh, so uh the librarian you want i might retire as a librarian as a brown don't forget the grays the grays are the diplomats so they're uh, always no. traveling too uh-uh because that's just me like having to be fake with people <laughs> I was going to suggest the blue for you anyway, because what I was Mm going to actually suggest was for you to be okay. Because Moraine is out there in the world and she's not always flaunting that she's an Aes Sedai. She sometimes has to hide her identity, but she was once in like a great house. So whenever she hides her identity, that's like the kind of the persona she goes towards is like, oh, I'm a lady from a house somewhere. So your persona would be like, you know, you're a gleeman. You're like a pretend gleeman mm-hmm. who goes around. And because you would be an Aes Sedai in disguise, you would have like all the um, all the the perks that go along with being an Aes Sedai as part of like the most powerful organization. So they would hook you up like with the best bars, the best gigs, the best other gleeman to play with. And meanwhile, you'll be behind the scenes gathering that intel you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying so i don't know that'd be a pretty sweet gig i will say if there if all of a sudden i get a fulfilling thing which would be hey i get to go around i'm never doing music absolutely not like i wish i could quit doing this dumb shit that i'm like (laughs) oh i need it i wish i could cut that meat off at the stump but I can't. So if all of a sudden my se- I, my secret identity would never be like, hey, I'm a live, especially playing live. Ugh. But a, that's what a gleeman does, though. So how would you get around that? What kind of gleeman would you be? Well, no, I wouldn't be a gleeman. If if I'm an if I'm an Aes Sedai, mm-hmm. I would never be a gleeman. But in oh, this gotcha. world, if I had no magic, yeah, I'll be a gleeman. Okay, okay. So that's that's what I'm asking. So like Moraine is like the lady. So. When you go to an inn, into a town, and you can't reveal yourself as an Aes Sedai, they're going to ask you, like, who you are, where you're from. What's your cover? What's your cover story? Pillow talk, dude. Huh? I'm out there. I'm I'm having affairs with the women of powerful people, (laughs) and the pillow talk, it just comes out. Okay, so you're just you're swooning the ladies across the land. Um, Yeah. Okay, all right. That makes sense. Um, I go back to a yellow and say, like, hey, just in case, can you heal me? I might have some diseases now. Because I am sleeping around like crazy. And a diplomat did stab me. So, hey, uh, uh, who are they? The Grey Aja? Mm-hmm. You have to go to this town and kind of smooth things over. <laughs> 
Well, I guess you would not have a warder then. Um, the warders are pretty much hand in hand with the greens. Of course, the blues can have warders as well. So you could have a warder, actually, because, okay. um, yeah, Moraine's got a warder that uh, hangs out with her. Um, these warder dudes, they practice a lot and they practice between four to eight hours a day. So like basically they're, they travel when they're traveling around and whenever they stop for camp, they're practicing like sword movements, um, technique. They're, they're doing it all. They, they're always practicing. They're never chilling. You're not ever, never going to find a warder just like hanging out, not doing anything. These guys are on the fire. This is like the only time you'll see them doing something like this. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they're working hard all the time. Um, so I just wanted to let you know the life of a warder is not all hanging around the fire. Ex- unless you're a warder of like, uh, not Alana. Um, yeah, Alana or one of these other gals that she like. These Aes Sedai like multiple warders at the same time. That's kind of oh, like a yeah. known thing that the Green Aja are into because they have a lot of, I guess not testosterone, estrogen, I guess, built up in them. And they're really into battle and they're really into aggressiveness and they're really into making out a lot. And that's pretty much mm-hmm. all they do. <laughs> Let's see. Um, somebody says something along the lines of, Oh, it was uh, it was Lan and Moraine that even the dark one doesn't know who the dragon is at this point. So we're not sure if that's good or bad. But it's just a known thing that nobody knows who the dragon is. Not even the dark one who probably should know. OK, we're at a point now that I'm going to go ahead and do a summary of what happens with Nynaeve and the Aes Sedai. And maybe this we're might not even do that yet. Mm, nope. Um, I kind of skipped ahead and started talking about Aes Sedai stuff um, okay. instead of Nynaeve. So let's see. The Aes Sedai have captured Loghain Ablar, who they believe is the Dragon Reborn. He's more powerful than any Aes Sedai. It takes two strong ones to shield him. Well, as you revealed, it takes two strong ones to pretend to shield him. Um, mm-hmm. It probably would actually take probably like a link of like four or five Aes Sedai to probably hold him down. Seven Aes Sedai linked... Um, is like one of the most powerful forces you can come upon in nature. So seven could absolutely hold any person down. Um, I think it's like 13 could could hold down the dragon reborn. Like the most powerful person in the world could be taken down by 13 linked Aes Sedai. I thought you were going to say 13 could split the world in half. And I'd be like, <laughs> dang, man, they, they, they should not be in the same room together then. <laughs> Let's see, Moraine is healed and Nynaeve is introduced to the Aes Sedai and the Warders. She gets much closer to land and they almost kiss or embrace when the False Dragon's army attacks and Loghain breaks free. Uh, The Aes Sedai win, but at the cost of a few lives. More would have died, many more would have died, but Nynaeve, in a burst of anguish, heals everyone in the room. And Loghain is ultimately stilled by the Aes Sedai. But we do have one fallen. um, mm, I want to say Alana, but it's not Alana who falls here. It is the green one. The green one. She she falls and her her warder stepping is super bummed. Um, And fucks things up. (laughs) So, yeah, it's significant here that Loghain is impressed with Nynaeve's power and that he's just. Uh, blown away because as you can see he's a pretty powerful dude too and you talk about you talk about i was talking about um charm and luck that these tavern have and obviously he has a lot of that too because he can have kings you know turn to him as a leader and he can lead you know thousands of men so obviously this low gang guy is huge hugely powerful and even he is looking at Nynaeve like, whoa, like, I, I wish, <laughs> I wish I could have a tenth of that. This low game guy is a fighter and a healer. <laughs> Wait, who did he heal? He didn't heal anybody so far, did he? Yeah, the king. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did heal them at the, at the very beginning there. Uh, and you probably still haven't seen, I asked you before, this guy looks so much like Johnny Drama to me, that king. But we see the king later on, too. He's leading the charge of the men. He's, like, up front with the guys. So, like, you know, kings, 
bowed to the dragon and they just settle back in with the little guys. Um, yeah, that was some of my last notes. How naive can only channel when she's really upset or determined or passionate mm-hmm. about something. And I her braid. Know. Yeah, go ahead. What? <laughs> I uh, was going to say her braid, how much I love her braid. When it's like standing up, it's like all divided oh, yeah. into like a whole bunch of little braids. But when she's like hanging out and um, Leandrin is like complimenting her braid, that's like when you can get the best look at it. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's huge. It's like a foot thick and it has like all these intricate braids inside the braids. And I don't know, that's, that's some badass stuff. I could already feel reviewers, negative reviewers say like, this is stupid. Like she's just shouting and she's the strongest <laughs> one. And it's like, okay, right. in 1995, shonen anime and manga wasn't, widespread as it is today i'm fine with some dragon ball z type shit happening in any fantasy or sci-fi i think maybe it's um maybe after i saw dark is like when i kind of changed my opinion of what i was willing to believe and not believe in a tv show because so much weird stuff happened in dark that could never actually really happen in our reality but Mm. i bought it and it was sold to me in such a way that it, you know, it seemed like just another show, like watching Step by Step, for example. And yeah. so it's even like really ridiculous comedy shows where you pick apart like the plot or pick apart like somebody's interaction, like how unnatural it may be. But it's just part of the fantasy world. And anything goes. I'm willing to accept anything unless it... uh I don't know. I guess it can fall flat. Some things can fall flat and not work. Um, I don't know. It's rare in between, though. I I think I had a very good upbringing in the sense that, like, when I watch a TV show, I don't get hooked up on the details. And I think it's because I grew up with Mystery Science Theater. And in one of the one of the lyrics is like, how does he eat and breathe? Hey, don't worry about any of that. It just is. And I'm like, oh, yeah, just don't worry. This is a fun show. Just live in the reality that they're living in. And that's all you need to do. I haven't always done that, Uh, especially as a teenager. I would definitely pick apart silly things because I was watching 80s TV late 80s television so of course it was silly and of course there was a lot of things you could pick apart and me and my group of friends were really into picking those things apart and laughing about them and we loved the kind of absurdist comedies that um, do those kind of things on purpose Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't until like I, I would really think watching dark is what turned things around for me that I started accepting more goofiness and shows um straight up Hell thank you yeah, dark dude. and i'll be reviewing it pretty soon not reviewing it recapping it with miss Lindsay yeah. dunn probably in two weeks she'll be done watching 1899 so we can finally bring our recaps together and bring those shows back together uh we'll do like one week with myself and Lindsay and nate and that'll be like i think between episodes six and seven for us so you'll get a All week right. off james you can like uh yeah, yeah. You and Nicole can take a little nice night on the town in Chicago there. I don't, I don't think we're, we we will not do that. <laughs> I know you won't. <laughs> Speaking of Nicole real quick. Yes. Uh, she would hate if she saw the shield that happens like as it goes around the dragon reborn in oh, quotes. Right, right. She would just hate it because it looks like an embryonic webbing. And those are two things she's like, oh, I don't want to see that. Oh, and I don't want to see that. Like anytime Mothra larva starts spinning webbing on Godzilla or any other villain, she's like, oh, this is gross. So, yeah, Nicole would be like this effect. It's well done. I'm not dogging the computer graphics department, but oh, man, it just looks disgusting. <laughs> Season two is going to be different for us. Like all these effects they have for the magic system, they're doing, from what I understand, they're doing completely different effects. And that's what's taken so long with this season two. I mean, I say so long. It's only been 14 months in this, since this episode was dropped. So mm-hmm. that's really not that long. But they, um, 
they're doing different cinematography. It's going to just, I think it's just going to be a, a lot different of a tone to the show as well. And I'm, they, I'm anxious how we're going to do it uh, because like I said, we're going to be recapping it week to week. And mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to how Nate and myself did it. Uh, except with Nate and myself, we, we actually had those episodes that we could go ahead and watch more if we wanted to ahead of time where we won't mm-hmm. have that advantage. But I don't know. Whenever it comes, it'll come. We'll love it. Uh, I think that's it for the Dragon Reborn, though, James. Yeah, I did hear like the shakeups of behind the scenes what they're doing. I hear they they got Lloyd Kaufman to direct some episodes. I'm very interested in that. It went over my head. What are you talking about? Uh, I, he's the trauma dude. Did like Toxic Avenger and all of that. <laughs> That's a step up, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I would love to see bullshit like that. Of give these. That's like James Gunn started at Trauma, and then he did Scooby Doo. So like those are really cool things to be like, oh, hell yeah. Like Eli Roth, I believe might, I don't think he started at trauma, but he got his start around that community. So yeah, guys, I, I love, I would love to see some weird trauma dude do a wheel of time and be like, yeah, okay, let's get their thoughts and opinions on this because there are people who care about the product. That that's true, and the people that will stretch a budget too to make it work for them. Oh yeah, I uh-huh. mean, and that's what we like, need. Yeah, Melzer from you know all my podcasts, he guests mm-hmm. and all of that. Like he did Street Wizards Apprentice, and he took it to some festivals, and he was like hearing people be like, "Oh yeah, you know our shorts, you know it was like five grand this and that." Then they would like show his, and they'd be like, "Wow, man, that's great! How much? Like, what was your budget on that?" and Melzer goes, I don't know, I think like all six episodes all together, we spent maybe $500 and they're like, excuse me, what? But it's just because they care about it and everyone creating that specialized in a specific thing that makes uh, television and film work well. And I think, uh, I hate to say it, but I think some of these directors that probably, you know, have a larger budget and have worked with more money probably know how to be more bogus with their budget as well, Mm -hmm. where they can stretch things out and uh, create a need for an asset that you don't actually need in order to make the budget bigger. You know what I'm saying? So I have a feeling that they spent 500 on it, but they probably... Uh, all their time, probably all their time was unpaid that they spent on it where they probably should have gotten compensated. And Oh, well, it, it's all self-produced. Right. So, like, yeah. All, what I'm truly saying is someone hire my friend Melzer. <laughs> yes, please. M.T. Melzer on Twitter. Hit him up. Hire him. And we got a couple of musicians and an audio engineer here. You could hire the Marshland Monster to do your music or to produce your podcast or to do any sort of editing. I'm rolling into the plugs now and I'm plugging Marshland Monster. This week we listened to him and MC Deep and they did a song for us called Over... Anal Y-Tick. Over Anal Y-Ticks. <laughs> and Analytic. <laughs> and the link for that is the first link you see on the show notes there. And I would be Intro Void. You can find me at intro.void. Sweet Child of Time Pod is my Instagram as well. And Sweet Child of Time Pod at gmail.com. And every week, I'm thankful to do this with James, the Marshland Monster. I said some plugs for you, James, but did I miss anything? Is there anything else you have plugs for? Yeah, hey guys, listen to The Height of Horror. It's a horror podcast. It's real fun. Check out Formulaic with R2 Shelby 2 and I. We just released an episode uh, where we wrote in under an hour an episode of Blue's Clues, and it went very well. And then, (laughs) hey, speaking of trauma movies, for the entire month of March, we are just this existed over on Patreon.com forward slash MLM pod. We're just doing trauma movies the entire month, all four Fridays. Episodes of This Existed discussing trauma. We got uh, Class of Newcomb High, Father's Day, Monster in the Closet, and Beware Children at Play. 
Oh, good. I was going to, I was going to try to, I know what they were too. And I was going to try to jump in, but you got them. Heck yeah. Mm. Have, have you seen these movies before? Or are you yes. watching them fresh right now? I watched them before because with trauma, it can be very hit and miss. So I needed to make sure I am <laughs> like, I'm not taking like, right. oh, the, I need to make sure my friend Corey is enjoying himself while one watching the movie. Or if it's so outlandish, at least he'll be like, oh, I have good stuff to say on the show. So he gets fun out of it somehow. But all the movies I chose were not the most offensive or like the most in quotes trauma of all movies. And I'm not picking the like besides class of Newcomb High. I didn't choose the like, oh, Toxic Avenger, Terra Firmer, all of the things that like they're known for Tromeo and Juliet, which I think uh, James Gunn. Dang. All right. Back around to that. Back around to trauma. And I hope everybody has a trauma filled month of February. It is February. You're doing the trauma month, right? March. March is our trauma month. March is the month of Melissa on darlinghomebody.com as well. So you guys go see Melissa. And next week, we'll be back with a recap of episode five. Can't remember the title of it off the top of my head, but we'll see y'all next week. And James, I hope you always find water and shade. Hey, um, yeah, find a little bug that can go into a bunch of tiles and move a wall. Yay, like our friend Arthur. Bye, James. Thank you. Bye. You let Lauren own you. Well, you know, like when somebody signs with SNL, they sign a contract where it's like NBC basically owns them for 10 fucking years. Yeah. I'm over analytic like the way the measures started hitting. I meet with themes amid an allegoric psycho spitting. Rip writtens, keep dissing. I can't recall when I started listing heat glisten, keep winning. We peak performance from a couple creeps decided. Fucked up your irony. The things I'm saying fiery. Don't know when we decided we would try to fight the status quo and go where we reside as kings. But I'm glad that we have the reason why we rap and we answer the query yo every time we make a track and I'm back from a break. Every time I do a project Mostly cause I find myself waiting after I drop that Takes a few years between the work I'm doing now and the next And now I hope it breeds anticipation instead of the rest Happiness instead of stress, love instead of regret I also hope that you like me as much as you like this uh. I work with history's greatest monster, I work with Goebbels I work with the Woodman, you know Woodman was that? I call Woody Allen the Woodman Woody Allen Yeah I don't know what happened in that attic in 1993, you know <laughs> Say what the heart wants to